Welcome to Sky Team's The Corporate Bartender, where we gather some of the best HR and people leaders to discuss what's happening on the people side of business. From employee performance and engagement to dealing with the rapid-fire changes that the new normal presents every day, this irreverent bunch brings a fresh twist and a dash of human to human resources. If you work in HR or make people decisions in your organization, this is the place to be. We won't card you, and we serve everyone. Join the bartenders, Eric and Lori, as they interview some of today's most innovative thinkers, share tips, tricks, and tools, while enjoying some good old-fashioned community and, as always, laughing a lot. Now pull up a stool, belly up to the bar, and join us for The Corporate Bartender. All right, guys, today's question. What habits have you tried to establish since we've been working remotely, since we're talking about habits today? Working out at mm-hmm. home. It's hard. Drinking more water. I didn't think you were going to say water. I don't know. Got to balance out everything else. <laughs> I've been trying to take <clears throat> some meetings outside when I can, mm. just to mm-hmm. get out from my desk. Yeah, my dog, my dog has made sure I take three walks a day. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome! Yeah, it's really good. Perfect. What else? Getting up, taking a shower before <laughs> downstairs, and trying, and putting on clothes, and having breakfast before I actually get online. Yeah. Oh, like having your old pattern yep. in the new paradigm. I like it. I like it. Yeah, because most of the time we just get up, we shake it off, and we go sit down and check email or whatever. And then it's like 11 o'clock and you're still sitting here and whatever you slept in. (laughs) I do have coworkers that make sure that they're like dressed for work, hair and makeup, all that kind of stuff. Oh, whatever. Take their first call. (laughs) That's not me at all. Uh, Lori did that last week. Lori yeah. always does that. <laughs> I, I, I lean more towards the normal routine just because mentally it mm-hmm. helps me frame my day better. If I just roll out of bed and sit down, I'm, it would take me an hour to get my head straight. So, but yeah, the other day, like I put on a full like outfit as if I could get in my car and drive to work. Like <laughs> even, even the bottom half, it wasn't sweatpants. It was <laughs> And my husband's been very amazed and amused at what the whole ensemble looks like. Because from the waist up, it looks it's pretty it's okay most of the time. <laughs> and then I stand up and he says, you walk the dog wearing that? <laughs> He's like, neighbors will see you. <laughs> my daughter said I had a t-shirt and jeans on one day. And my daughter said to me, you look so fancy. Like, <laughs> wow. That's really good. Our standards yeah. have dropped. That's funny. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Like for me, um, if I wasn't traveling, well, this is how I worked, right? It was, this is just kind of normal for me. Um, where it got weird for me, it was about three or four weeks in and I hadn't been anywhere. And it was like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I try to find that happy medium. 
but you know, habits, right? Trying to trying to build in habits as things change or as things you know sort of grind on is tough, um, and that's why I wanted to talk about tiny habits today. It's a uh, who here has has heard about tiny habits or has read the book or just hand up if you heard about it. Yeah, I know Yvonne's heard about it. We've done it for some of her people. <laughs> um, so tiny habits, it, it's a it's a breakthrough method that gives people hope and evidence that they can change, and that's one of the things I love about it. It's based on the work of B.J. Fogg. He's a behavior research behavioral research scientist at Stanford, and uh, you know. <clears throat> When, when the coronavirus thing happened, my world got kind of blown up because I had been a pretty steady go-to-the-gym person like six days a week. And I started back in like in November and I was pretty steady. If I wasn't on the road and I was home, I would go to the gym. And then all of a sudden in a day, that stopped. I couldn't do that. And I was right in the middle of my Tiny Habits certification. So I thought, well, why don't I test it out? So I decided to attach a fitness habit to something that I was already doing a lot and still doing, washing my hands. You guys still washing your hands? Singing the happy birthday song twice? <laughs> right? Remember to get your thumbs in between your fingers? It's a really big deal. <laughs> That's what they tell me on TV. Um, so I, I decided to attach a fitness habit to washing my hands figured doing it a lot. So that would be a great anchor point. Um, so I decided that every time I wash my hands, I was going to do 10 crunches. I got a fit ball that sits on the floor right there. So it's pretty accessible. I got to walk past it. And then I would celebrate my win. So to make my short story long here, I'm currently doing 25 crunches and 25 push-ups every time I hang up the towel after washing my hands. It's like magic. I mean, literally it was like magic. Uh, I'm not doing much else productive in the phys in the physical fitness space, but every day, you know, you wash your hands five or six times. That's that's a bunch of sit ups or and crunches and push ups. So that's what I'm doing. That's so, awesome. Thanks. So we know from our work in emotional intelligence that emotions drive behavior, right? You guys are all you guys are all curated HR pros. You know about emotional intelligence. Emotions are at the core of who we are and they're largely responsible for why we do the things that we do. So I thought, well, I'm going to use that idea to harness the power that we have here with us to make some substantive changes in my life and your lives. So here's what I want you to do. First part of today's interactivity, Ruby's smiling because she knows where we go from here. <laughs> and she knows, she knows that she's on the hook here. Yep. Yeah, I think I think I'm on the hook today too. Um, <laughs> all right, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down these words on a sticky note if you've got one. I've got one right here. And the words are emotions create habits. This is my little sticky note. You can see it right there. Emotions create habits. Put it somewhere where you'll see it throughout your day. It's important because it helps set this emotional tone that sets you up for success. All right. Now we're going to get really interactive. I'm going to share with you the habit that really got me fired up about this in the first place. 
and had an immediate impact on my life. So I want you to think about when you woke up this morning, before you even got to bed, you, you woke up and then you finally mustered the gumption to put your feet on the floor. When you put your feet on the floor, what were you thinking? What was the first thing that popped into your head? You can type them in chat or you can just call them out, whatever is more comfortable for you. Uh, <laughs> Ruby says, my, fir my, my first thought was I wasn't prepared for an interview that I had earlier today and I needed <laughs> to get cranking to get prepared for that. Mm -hmm. So there was, a, there was that nervousness probably before I woke up that, uh, right? that just weighing on me probably as I was sleeping. But nonetheless, yep. uh, I had plenty of time to go and, and get that accomplished. So yeah, that, that's, that's a lot of what my, uh, my days start as of like where I'm feeling maybe, um, you know, just uh, unprepared or, or, or just, you know, not uh, fully confident in, in my approach to something. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's not, not a, a super positive place to start. But I think that just comes from, you know, always trying to work on what, where you have gaps. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, <laughs> thanks, Brian. Uh, Jenny says, going to re meet my running buddies. Yeah, shut up, Jenny. Whatever. <laughs> I'll say yesterday, I totally bailed. So if it makes you feel any better, I was just grateful that I was actually in the mood to go. <laughs> <laughs> Laurel says, what day is it? Yvonne says, what's on my calendar? Lori says, trying to remember what meeting I have first. Meredith looked at her calendar. And that's, us that's usually what happens, right? As soon as we wake up, we, we kind of snap into go mode. It's just time to get stuff done, whatever it is. Oh, Stacy says, I'm going to be easy on myself today. Nice mm -hmm. work, Stace. Went too hard we, on myself. I, aren't we all? <laughs> Gabby says, let's do this. <laughs> what is this, Gabby? What is the this that we're doing? I mean, a lie, man. <laughs> yeah, but, that's somewhere, right? Yeah. We get up in the morning and we jump straight into doing mode. So, um, the habit that changed everything for me was called, it's called the Maui habit. And that picture on the screen there, that is imagine, imagine yourself on a chase lounge in Maui looking up at the palm trees. And it's called the Maui habit because BJ Fogg spends um, about half his time in Hawaii. That's where he lives, but he works at Stanford. So he's got to bounce back and forth between two terrible places for him. <laughs> so the Maui habit works like this. As soon as your feet hit the floor, you say out loud, it's going to be a great day. And then you celebrate your success. And the celebration's important, and we'll talk about that in a sec. So we're going to do this together. We're going to pretend we just woke up. And I know everybody's sitting, so we're going to lift our feet up. And then I'm going to count down from three. And I know this is going to be loud and cacophonous, but I want everybody to come off mute. And I'm going to go three, two, one. And when I get to, to what would be zero, we're going to say together, it's going to be a great day. Imagining our feet have just hit the floor. All right, you guys ready? Unmuted everybody. Yes, you are. Here we go. Three, dos, uno. It's gonna, it's be, gonna be a great, great day. Yes. I love it. I love it. And what I love about that too is look at everybody, right? Everybody's smiling. There were some physical celebration gestures. It's great stuff, right? It's great stuff. Celebration is key. It's funny because 
celebration is kind of the hardest thing to get people to do. I do coaching in the tiny habits space, and this is the thing that I struggle with the most. But celebrations are, are, are key because we just talked about it, right? Emotions create habits. Why else do you think celebrations might be important? We, it's authentic. It gives you those those good chemicals. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What were you going to say, Laurel? It's so easy for so many of us to focus on the stuff we did wrong. Mm-hmm. We need to have that celebration to say, I'm not an idiot. Wow, we did something right. But, but your team needs that too. Hey, great job. Right. Absolutely. Finky, were you going to say something? I, I was going to agree with most of what was said. I think most most of us are probably, it's easier to pick on yourself than to sort of celebrate things. And, and even at times you say, why am I sort of celebrating that? Isn't that like what's sort of expected? It's just sort of a, a given. So why yeah. am I celebrating it? Yeah, and it's funny because we do that. We rationalize it away. It, it feels silly, but it's science. And I'll tell you about that science. Celebration is actually the secret sauce that actually wires in new habits. It's time dependent though. You have to celebrate immediately after you've done the habit. You can also celebrate when you remember it or while you're doing it, but the most effective time is right after you do the habit. But not all celebrations work for everybody. You gotta find the things that work for you. BJ Fogg uses the term shine when he talks about celebration. And shine is that feeling that you get when you just nail something. You know, you deliver an amazing presentation, uh, you turn in a piece of work that you know is just killer. Brian, you come out of an interview that you know you just, you couldn't have done any better. You nailed it, right? If you're a musician like me, when you used to play gigs, and bars, in front of people, there were those moments when you would finish a song and the dance floor is packed and the people would just go bananas. That's shine for me. So we're trying to replicate those feelings. We're trying to find celebrations that sort of poke at that element of shine. So think about the last time you felt shine and either type it in chat or, or let me know, just say it out loud. When was the last time that you did something that made you feel shine? Eric, I would say after our presentation yesterday, after we, oh. we did, did a really great job on the second one. The second one, right? So we've so, heard great things about that. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Ruby and I did a new piece of content uh, yesterday. And we did it twice. We had two sessions, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And, um, you know, the first time you do any new content in a new venue with a new, a new audience, you're still kind of feeling things out. And we did it the first time, and it was good. It was, good. It was solid. But we, we didn't feel amazing about it, right? We felt like, okay, there are things we want to change. There are things we want to tighten up, things we want to do better. And we, we did, you know, the same workshop in the afternoon. And it just felt so good, right? Everything was flowing. Everything just kind of kind of landed where it was supposed to. We finished on time. And I always, I always design workshops with way too much content in them. I don't know if you guys do that. Everybody's guilty of that. Um, so it felt really good. Yeah, thanks, Ruby. Uh, Gabby says, every time I ask a question and I learn something and it feels good. Yeah. 
Yeah, feeling shine. That's that's important to key in on when you when you experience things and you feel really good. Pay attention to what that feels like in your body, physically, what that feels like. Stacy says, working through a coaching session with a couple of leaders that are not getting along, and then seeing the light bulbs turn on for both of them, both of them acknowledging how they might be impacting each other. That's awesome, and isn't that great, Stace? That's the, those are the days when you go home and you think today was a good day. Yeah, Meredith and I celebrated that together earlier today. Thanks, Mayor. <laughs> yeah. Lori said, last week I oriented our whole staff to a new performance evaluation tool and it went well. Because everybody loves performance evaluation tools, don't they, Lori? Mm, it's a, it's a super <laughs> crowd pleaser. <laughs> then Meredith said, <clears throat> received a heartfelt compliment from a coworker. Yeah. So pay attention to that and find the celebrations that work for you. So, Ruby, are you ready? Yes. Ruby loves this part. This is her favorite part. So we're going to talk about finding our natural celebrations. So I'm going to share a scenario for Miss Ruby. And then she is going to react and celebrate. You ready, Ruby? Yep. We're going to take some of the, of, of the stress and strain off of doing things in front of people that feel weird and might look dumb. So we're all going to look dumb today. So just get okay with that. So we'll go first. <laughs> so we'll go first. Ruby, I want you to think about your beloved Packers in the Super Bowl, provided that we have a football season this year. They're in the Super Bowl, and it's been back and forth all game and your pack are down by four in the waning seconds when Aaron Rodgers throws a strike to win the game as time expires. What do you do then? Well, I flip my beer and my popcorn, and then I go, yeah! <laughs> it's a lot worse than that and a lot more obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> I love the popcorn and beer flipping. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. All right. Ruby, it's my turn. All right, Eric. So you've just gotten an email from Ted. Mm -hmm. They indicate they want to talk with you, but they don't say what it's about. Okay. When you get on the phone, you find out that they want you to speak, not at TEDx, but in New York City. It must be next year. Yeah, 2022. <laughs> so you just get off the phone. What do you do? So I hang up the phone, and I'm probably in a little bit of shock. So I'm going to sit there for a second. And then I'm probably just going to go, yes. <laughs> Very Napoleon Dynamite-esque. Yes. <laughs> so you find the celebration that works for you because it's what wires in the new habits. It's what changes your behavior. It's that little neurochemical drip. That, that happens. Lori said it gives you the good chemicals, right? It's, <laughs> it's the dopamine. It's the chemicals your brain creates and not the ones you buy behind 7-Eleven. Different. <laughs> so it's intentionally celebrating even things that seem insignificant, like Brian was saying, isn't that what's expected of me? Why do I need to celebrate that? Even celebrating those things make a difference because your brain doesn't know the difference. Your brain feels the celebration and it drives you back to wanting to feel that way again. 
And that's why celebrations are key. So finding natural celebrations are important. So we're gonna do we're gonna do a little celebration smackdown right now. You guys up for doing a smackdown? <laughs> All right, so here's what here's what we're gonna do. Round one, we're gonna do three rounds. Round one, I'm gonna call on two people. So get ready. And when I call on you, I wanna see a physical gesture only. Right? So just show me what celebration <laughs> looks like to you. No noise, no no mouth hole, just <laughs> body. Physical celebration only. All right? So I'm going to go with Meredith Wheeler. What does oh, no celebration noise. look? No noise. I figured it would be hard for you. Put yourself on mute. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. You can use technology to help you. All right. <laughs> All right, Finky, what does celebration look like? You just nailed something. What do you do? Gesture-wise. Fist pump. Solid move. Solid move. All right, I'm going to pick one person to give me words only. No physical gestures. You're going to have to sit on your hands. So words only, and I'm going to go with Lori. Words only. Boosh. <laughs> <laughs> which is a ruby word just so everybody knows when 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 we do jigsaw puzzles because we're in puzzle club because that's how not nerdy we are when ruby gets a puzzle piece to go in she drops it in and raises her hands and goes Boosh. it's pretty cool all right round three i want to see it all together noise and physical gestures two people gabby you're first. <laughs> oh, you're muted, Gabby. We missed it. You're going to have to yeah. unmute. Oh, God. Be careful. <laughs> it didn't even pick up. <laughs> she, overdrive, she overdrove her mic. Overdrove her. Yeah. Because <laughs> Gabby, Gabby can yell, and you can hear it four miles away. <laughs> awesome. All right. Last but not least, Jenny Lady, put it together. Audio and video. What does it look like to celebrate? Hell yes. Hell yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Celebrations don't have to be hard. They can be easy. They can be just about anything. You know, you can say yes. You can clap for yourself. You can smile. Hum an upbeat tune, right? Theme from Rocky, right? Do a little dance. Give yourself a thumbs up. Make your arm be. Imagine the roar of the crowd. Anything to help click that uh, little dopamine habit, right? Awesome. Hey, Eric. Yes, Ruby. I just had a quick question. So one thing I do is give myself stickers after exercise because mm. I'm five. But <laughs> does that count? You have, like a, you have like a calendar, right? Yeah. I, I literally give myself stickers because it's rewarding. Would that count as a celebration or does that give the dopamine hit, you think? So I, I would say it's time dependent, right? If yeah. you're like, you know, if it's 730 and you're like, oh, no, I forgot to put my sticker up. Yeah. Um, you're not going to get the same connection. Okay. But if right after you're done exercising, you run downstairs and put your sticker on your calendar, then yes. that cause, Because you're associating the good feeling with the accomplishment. Okay, okay. And that's, that's what creates the, the hardwiring. 
So BJ's Fog, BJ Fogg's work is based on, on two basic maxims. And the first one here is called help people feel successful. Feeling successful is a critical component in making any sort of lasting behavior change because if you don't feel like a winner, you might not be. We often attempt big behavior changes that are really hard to do. You know, if you decide to run a marathon, I've got a buddy who at COVID time decided, hey, I'm gonna get in shape to run a marathon. And I thought, well, that's a great idea. But he hasn't been running since pretty much last summer. So it's real hard. And after a couple attempts to train, you know, trying to get up early before work and get outside. And this was back in March when it started and it was cold. And, you know, a couple of times trying to get out there, it was tough. So his motivation was low. Our shots are much better at getting things to stick when the thing that we're trying to do is easy and we're motivated to do it. Tiny Habits is based on what's called the FOG behavioral model, and that's B equals MAP. Behavior happens when motivation, ability, and a prompt come together at the same time. We're more, <laughs> we're more apt at changing our behavior when we don't have to rely on motivation or willpower, because willpower just doesn't cut it. It doesn't work for long-term change. You can use it to plow through a one-time thing. You can tough it out just to get through something. But when you're trying to create new patterns, we have to make the behaviors that are something that are easy to do and something that we already want to do. Because if we're struggling with making a new habit stick, we have a choice, right? We can make the thing either easier to do or we have to be really honest with ourselves about how much we want to do it. So let's take a look at the model graphically. So again, Fog Behavior Model states that behavior change is a combination of motivation, ability, and a prompt. Motivation is just what it sounds like. How motivated are we to actually do the thing we want to do? You know, we say we want to floss our teeth twice a day, but do we really? Who really wants to floss their teeth twice, twice a day? And then the other axis is ability. How easy or hard is it to do the thing? If you want to become a scuba diver, but you don't have access to a pool or any water, it's going to be kind of tough. And then lastly, prompts. What are the anchors to which we can attach the new behaviors? This isn't about writing sticky notes or putting reminders in your phone. Those are great for one-time things, but for lasting change, our best bet is to get prompted by doing behaviors that are attached to something that we're already doing. That's secret number two. So when the action's easy and we're motivated to do it, prompts trigger those behaviors, right? So if, if the action is relatively easy and our motivation is relatively high, whatever we attach it to will probably make that behavior happen. You know, in my example, I was gonna do my crunches after I wash my hands, right? It's pretty easy. I was pretty motivated because my gym had just gotten taken away from me. So I thought I could make that happen. And it worked. When the thing is harder to do and our motivation is lower, that's tough. It may not work. And if it doesn't work, there are a couple of things we can do. There are a couple of places where we get stuck as well. When our motivation is really high, but the thing is really hard. 
that's tough. Like my buddy who wanted to run a marathon, he was really into it, but it was really hard. So after two or three times trying to do the training, he started attaching the negative feeling to the thing that he was trying to do. And that was tough. The other place we get stuck is when the thing is really easy to do, but our motivation is low. It's really easy for me to not have a cocktail at the end of every day. Not every day, but most days. Okay, mostly every day. Um, it's really easy for me to not do that. But my motivation to do that is really low right now. And when that happens, we get annoyed with ourselves. We get angry because it's tough. So with that said, tiny habits can change your world. Fog maxim number two, we mentioned it here in the, in the behavior model. Help people do what they already want to do. Help people do what they already want to do. You know, if you think about, let's go back in time a year, and let's go back to December 31st, 2018. So what do people do on New Year's Eve? Besides get hammered, what do they do? On Nothing. <laughs> Resolutions. Yes. Everybody says, all right, this is my year and this is what's going to happen. So um, I mentioned gym guy, love the gym, love the feeling, the being around the people, doing the stuff. Who here goes to the gym? You can all raise your hand if you want to. We're an inclusive bunch here. Who here has been to the gym in January? What's the gym like in January? Jam pack. A shit show. A shit show, says, says the person who works at the gym. <laughs> so what's the gym like come, I don't know, say March? I can find a parking place. Yes. It's pretty much back to normal. Mm -hmm. So everybody was pretty well intentioned, right? They had just eaten and drank their way through the holidays. Maybe they had their annual checkup and their doctor said, you know, bud, you should drop a few. It was the right thing to do. And for a moment, we were motivated. But then we started doing it and it was hard. And people drop out. They rationalize it away. I'll, I'll go tomorrow. I'll get up a little bit later. I'll double my workout tomorrow. How does that go? <laughs> That does not work, right? So Tiny Habits gives us a way, a framework to actually play with the goals that we're trying to accomplish. Maybe the thing we're trying to do is too big. Maybe we need to chunk it down. So let me break down the Tiny Habits method for you. The Tiny Habits method is comprised of three components. One is the anchor moment, right? Anchor moment, tiny behavior, instant celebration, A, B, C, super easy. Anchor moment is something that you already do, something from your existing routine that can serve as a prompt and something that's consistent. And I know that, you know, in, in work from home land, our, our normal patterns got totally busted up, but there are still things that we do all the time, right? We, we eat, we get out of bed, we go to bed, we wash our hands, we sometimes clean ourselves, whatever, right? There are things that we do pretty regularly, even though our routines aren't what they used to be. So that's what we're looking to attach this new behavior to, something that we already do pretty consistently. 
tiny behavior. This is something that takes 30 seconds or less to complete. And this is really important because again, we want to feel successful. And if my goal is I'm going to run a marathon, well, I can't do that in 30 seconds. And I'm going to have a lot of negative, <laughs> negative feelings associated with my attempts to do this until I can actually do it. So what we want to do is chunk it down to something that we can actually accomplish in 30 seconds or less. Because if it's that simple, our propensity to do it goes way up. And then we celebrate for all the reasons that we already discussed, right? Emotions create habits. This is science. It's that little neurochemical ritual that you're going to do to lock this new behavior in. Now, the method translates into what we call tiny habits recipes. You can write these down on index cards or put them in your phone. Index cards, recipes always makes me think of index cards. And I don't know about you guys, but my mom had that little box of index cards in her kitchen. And when she wanted to find a recipe, you kind of dug through the box. Um, so that's what I think about because I'm old. So a tiny habits recipe looks like this. Remember, anchor moment, tiny behavior, celebration. The language that you're going to use to create a tiny habits recipe works like this. Language for the anchor moment is after I blank. So after I hang up my towel after washing my hands, then you're gonna do your tiny behavior. I will blank. I will do 25 crunches on the football and 25 pushups. Now it's interesting, so for me, it's a compound habit because it takes a little more than 30 seconds to do both of those things. And essentially what I've done is I've attached the pushups to the crunches habit because the crunches habit is pretty automatic for me right now. We measure the success of a habit uh, by what we call automaticity, how automatic it becomes. Because once the habit becomes automatic, you don't have to do the celebration, right? Because you'll just be doing it. Just like all the bad things in your life that you automatically do. And then your celebration is actually what you're going to do, right? So my, my tiny habits recipe in the very beginning was after I wash my hands, I'm going to do 10 crunches on the football, and then I'm going to jump back up, do a fist pump, and say yes. Anchor moment, tiny behavior, celebration. What question. questions, yeah, what questions do you have about the tiny habits method or the recipes? So I have a question about <clears throat> the tiny behavior. Mm-hmm. Does this work if I say, right, after I anchor moment, I will not do something mm. that is a habit that I'm trying to stop? Actually, no. Um, it, it can be successful, but it, it's, it's not, it, it's, it doesn't really work that way. So when we're trying to, when we're trying to, um, people say break a habit. We don't use the word break because it's a negative word. We, we call it untangle. So when you're trying to untangle a habit, um, there are a few things you can do. I mean, you can essentially willpower yourself through it, right? Some things you could just do that, right? You can say, I'm not doing that anymore. And you don't. I know people that have quit stuff, cold turkey, that I couldn't do, mm -hmm. right? Depends on, your, depends on how you're wired. Um, the, the, the easiest way to untangle a habit is to find a replacement behavior, mm. right? Okay. So that's what you're going to attach to the anchor moment. So find the anchor that you already attached to the negative behavior, the thing that you don't want to do, 
and what are you going to replace it with? So for, for me, you know, I, I hang up after my last Zoom call of the day and I immediately go to the kitchen to make a cocktail. Um, may, maybe I ought to make some tea instead. That's my, that's my, my tiny behavior change. <clears throat> Cool, thank well, you. Kind of, it's kind of that thought of redirecting your thoughts, right? Instead mm -hmm. of like, uh, I don't know, with your kids, like, okay, if you're stuck in this, then just look the other way and kind of redirecting what you're thinking to something else. Yeah, so the, 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 the stickiness here is around attaching it to a thing and then doing a thing, yeah. right? Because redirecting your thoughts is an entirely mental exercise which works for some people. But if you're looking to replace a habit, if, you're, if you want to drink more water and less coffee, right, then you, you have to build the habit of drinking the water kind of separately from, right, and, and finding the correlates that work for you. Does that make sense? Yep. Awesome. So All Spence, right. So you, you bring, one, one question. So you bring people yeah. into the fold on this? Like, so you tell others, loved ones, or people that would hold you accountable towards these things so that, you know, when you do slip, they're, they're calling you out? Dude, accountability buddies are awesome in this context. Awesome in this context because they prevent you from rationalizing stuff away. Mm -hmm. we, were, we were doing this content with a client based in the Philippines, and uh, one of the, the guys in the program, um, well, actually, one of the guys in HR, he was helping helping orchestrate the program he decided to do a push-up habit and we did i don't know like 10 sessions over a couple of weeks with this with this company so he he had the opportunity to weigh in a lot and i got to ask him how he was doing and his story was because his wife could hear him when he was doing his work and she knew what his anchor moment was and if he didn't do his push-ups she would come in and go dude really right? You're on the call telling people you're doing this. You got to do it, right? So accountability buddies are, are absolutely amazing in this context, for sure. All right, it's time for you to do you. So here's what I want you guys to do. I want you to pick a habit that you want to establish, and I'm going to give you three minutes to write down a tiny habits recipe. So after I blank, I will blank and to wire this habit into my brain, I will immediately blank. Questions on what I'm asking you guys to do? Stacy's already writing, that's awesome. All right, I'm gonna give you three minutes, and then we're gonna come back and talk about your tiny habits recipes. Once you're done writing your recipe, just put your little emotion 
icon, thumb up. Let me know that you're done. All right, Meredith's done. Ruby's done. He's done. Lady, you done? You still thinking? She's looking for the icon. You see reactions down on the bottom <laughs> of your screen. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right. So take a look at your habit. How do you feel about it? Feel pretty good? Mm -hmm. Pretty good? Right on. All right. So here's what I would say. If you find that this habit isn't working, we have a couple of options. There are two things we can do. The first thing we can do is we can make it tinier. So let's go back to our running a marathon example, right? Couch to Boston is a tough road to hoe. So how about making it tinier? We're gonna hit that marathon goal here with our shrink ray from 1957. Do you like my shrink ray? I love my shrink ray. So we're going to hit that with the shrink ray. So now it's couch to 5K, couch to run around the block. That's, that's a little more like it. Maybe that's something we can get ourselves to do. So when you're thinking about your habit, you want to make it a habit, something that you already want to do. And the question that you should ask yourself is, is this something I can get myself to do? Not, is this something I can do? Not, is this something I should do? Shoulds are the worst things to do when setting up tidy habits. Because things that we should do, we don't often want to do. And remember, doing something that we already want to do is a fog maxim. So we're going to chunk it down to a tiny, tinier version of the thing that we want to do. So what if the tinier version doesn't work, right? What if I can't even get myself to run around the block. Okay, we're gonna chunk it down again. One more zap with the shrink ray, and we're gonna chunk it down to what we call a starter step. And what is a starter step? It's exactly what it sounds like. So now we're gonna go from couch to around the block to couch to shoes on. Because the simple act of getting your running shoes on after you put your toothbrush back in the charger and humming the theme song to Rocky or we're the champions or whatever. Um, it's going to significantly improve your chances of actually getting out the door and running. Chunking things down into smaller bits, celebrating your victories will make you feel successful. So this, Brian, going back to your comment, right? I'm going to celebrate putting my freaking shoes on. Yeah. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> because we want to associate the feeling of success with this thing that we're trying to do right? Getting my shoes on makes me closer to being a runner and getting out the door. So first thing we can do to alter a tiny habits recipe is make it tinier. We can break it down into a tinier version or into a starter step. The second thing we can do is we can take a look at our anchor moments. We call this the trailing edge. 
<clears throat> sometimes the anchor moment that we choose is too broad, right? Say, like saying, when I come home from work, that's going to be my anchor moment. I do it consistently, happens every day, but maybe it's a little too loose, right? Because maybe some days you come in through the front door and some days you come in through the garage. Some days you come in through the backyard. Some days you ride with a friend and some days you drive and some days you ride your bike. It's not consistent enough. So we look for the trailing edge, the specific action, the last thing you do in the collection of activities that comprise coming home from work. So like for me, back in the days when I used to go places, when I came home, the trailing edge behavior that signified the end of that sequence of activity was taking my backpack off and putting it in the chair in my dining room. That means I'm no longer coming home from work. I am now home from work. When I brush my teeth, maybe a little loose. Maybe it's when I put my toothbrush back in the cup or back on the charger. Very specific. So for my crunches on the fitball habit, <clears throat> I started with after I washed my hands, but I found out that that didn't work for me because sometimes I wash my hands in the bathroom that's right there and sometimes in my bedroom and sometimes downstairs and sometimes in the kitchen and sometimes all the way in the basement. And man, I was not coming up two flights of stairs to do crunches and push-ups if I washed my hands in the basement. So I changed my anchor moment to after I hang up my towel because that clicked for me <laughs> and it actually changed my decision point as to where I was going to wash my hands. <laughs> <laughs> so if I was in the basement, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to go upstairs, wash my hands and do my thing and then come back because the propensity for me to do it went way up. So I sharpened it down to a very specific point in time, a very specific behavior, an observable thing that I knew was the last thing in my sequence of events that comprised washing my hands. So what I want you guys to do is go back and look at your recipes and take a look at both of those, those variables. Is your habit tiny enough? Can you do it in 30 seconds? And is it something you can get yourself to do? And is your anchor moment specific enough? Is it something that happens pretty much every time you do that thing? And is it specific enough to trigger the, the behavior that you're trying to affect here. So going to give you two minutes to go look at your recipes and refine them. And once you're done, what I would love for you to do is just type them into chat. Just type your recipe after I, I will, and what you're going to do to celebrate into the chat. All right, go. Thank you. 
All right, they're coming in. You guys are awesome. All right, since they're coming in, I'm gonna start looking at them and I'm gonna give you guys feedback on your tiny habits recipes. So Yvonne came in first. She said, before I put on, before I put on my pajamas at night, I will do sit-ups to the entire Hamilton opening song and then I will fist pump on the last measure of the song. I love the Hamilton reference, that's fantastic. Um, so before you put on your pajamas, if, if you find that the habit isn't sticking, make sure that you're putting on your pajamas in a very specific time frame or after a very specific thing. My, my question as your tiny habits coach, first question would be, what's the last thing you do before you would go put on your pajamas? And then make that the anchor because that's the thing that you're doing versus the thing that you're anticipating doing, if that makes sense. Yes. So it's usually at nine o'clock, I get up off of the couch and I go upstairs to put on my pajamas and that's when I do it. So that's, that's the anchor. When, I, when my feet hit the floor after I get up off the couch, very specific, mm -hmm. right? Because that's the, you've decided I'm going to bed, right? This is, mm -hmm. the day is over. So I'm actually making my way towards the bedroom. That's the, that's the anchor. That's the trailing edge behavior. And the other uh, advice I would give you on the, on the tidy behavior is the Hamilton opening song is something that lasts longer than 30 seconds. So if you find that it's not working, then chunk it down to, I'm gonna do my toothbrush, I'm gonna do my sit-ups when I push the button to start the Hamilton song, right? So then you could say, starting the Hamilton song is your cue to do the push-up, the sit-ups. Um, and then your fist yeah. bump, that's awesome. It, it, it started as me working out for 30 minutes, so three and a half minutes doing sit-ups is like totally a win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so that you can make the tiny habit, not the actuality of doing the sit-ups, but getting on the floor, right? So your tiny habit is getting in position. So when I put my feet on the floor, that's my anchor moment to go upstairs. Then the tiny behavior is I'm going to, you know, roll out my mat and lay down or whatever you do. That's the behavior. Because if you're, if you roll out your mat and lay on the floor, the chances of you doing the sit-ups going to happen way more frequently than you going, okay, I'm going to exercise 30 minutes before I go to bed because come on, who's going to do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Yvonne. Jenny says, after I put my toothbrush on the charger, I will stretch for 30 seconds and celebrate with the Rocky Balboa pose. Like he just climbed <laughs> those steps in Philly. I love it. So toothbrush on the charger, very specific. Stretch for 30 seconds, something you can do in that time frame and a specific celebration. Love it. Lori says, after I hit snooze once, I will say something I'm grateful for out loud. Ooh, replacing picking up my phone to read social media and celebrate by clapping once. Love it. Right, so anchor moment is very specific, hitting snooze that first time, and then saying something you're grateful for out loud, definitely do that in 30 seconds, and then clapping. Ruby says, and she sent this to me privately so you guys can see it, um, after I hit snooze for the second time, because Ruby knows herself, and she knows after the first hit, it ain't gonna happen. So after I hit snooze for the second time, very specific anchor, I will say a short prayer and then yell glitter, which I'm sure Rick loves. 
<laughs> well, he call he calls me on it now. Like if he doesn't hear me say it, he'll be like glitter. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Laurel says, after I run, I will stretch for five minutes and celebrate by giving the dog a treat. Awesome. So, Laurel, if, if you find yourself not doing the stretching, chunk it down, right? So, what's the trailing edge behavior after you run? Do you come in the house? Do you come in the yard? Do you, you know, take off your shoes? Whatever your last thing is. Look at that. Take the leash off the dog. Take the leash off the dog. Perfect. That is a perfect anchor because it's very specific and it signals that the run is over. We're done here. And then stretching, right? You want to stretch for five minutes. If you find that you're not stretching for the full five minutes, chunk that behavior down to, I'm going to, I'm going to stretch for 30 seconds. I'm going to get in stretch position. I'm going to, whatever you do, make it smaller so that your propensity to actually do it sticks. If you stretch for 30 seconds, the chances of you growing that 30 seconds, pretty high, right? I started with 10 crunches. I now do 25 of those and 25 push-ups. right? It's about all I can handle <laughs> at one sitting. Um, and then your celebration, gonna give the dog a treat, perfect. That's so I don't get fat. Right, <laughs> the dog can get fat. Oh, he runs so much more than I do. He can handle it. <laughs> Stacy says, when I have a break between Zoom meetings, I will run up and down the stairs and then back again. I don't have a lot of stairs. And when I get back to the top, we got another Rocky Balboa celebration. You know what's crazy? Before you said Rocky before, I had written down the Rocky Balboa thing, and I was like, oh, my God. And I so did I. Was so on the, oh, my gosh. What is <laughs> and, up? Because I and, have Rocky Balboa poster right behind me. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> Love it. I think you've been in here right now. I'm like, no, nah, it's a palm tree. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, right now. Now it's Maui. Right? It's my picture of Maui, isn't it? It is your picture of Maui. <laughs> I love it. You sneaky one. So, so Stace, the, the coaching advice that I would give to you yes. is on your anchor moment when I have a break, right? That's pretty loose. So Between Zoom meetings. Yeah, so it's, it's still pretty loose because – Sometimes you're going to have a five-minute break, and sometimes you're going to have a 30-minute break. And are you doing it as soon as the Zoom meeting ends or prior to the Zoom meeting starting, your next one? I would say sharpen up the anchor point. Maybe it's when I push the leave meeting button. Yeah. Right? I, what I do is I push the leave meeting button, and then maybe I roll my eyes and say, geez, another Zoom meeting. And then I run up and down the stairs after right. the eye roll. Yeah. So, so look. If you find that it's not happening, maybe the eye roll is the anchor moment. But it's that trailing edge. It's that last thing you do to signify that the Zoom meeting is done, and now you have a gap. You have some time to work with. So anchor it to to the thing that you do every time. And that's why I like the button versus the eye roll because if it's a really good meeting, you might not do the eye roll. Yeah. And you want consistency. Yeah. So pushing the red button is super specific. Maybe I'll start having better meetings now. Maybe. Change your whole attitude. Mm -hmm. Meredith says, before I go downstairs for coffee, I will stretch, and then I will celebrate with coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's a vicious cycle because that's the first thing I want to do. <laughs> yeah. So the good news, right? Consistency in the habit. You are, the, the coffee habit is already nailed, right? You don't have to work on that one. <laughs> But if you find that you're not stretching, 
right? Again, look at the anchor moment, look at the tiny behavior. So go downstairs before I go downstairs for coffee. I'm always, I'm always cautious with, with the before I type of anchor moments because what you do before the before isn't always the same necessarily. So what you're actually doing and how that ends is, is, is a tighter connection to consistency. So what's the, I would ask you if I were your coach, what's the last thing you do before you go downstairs to get coffee? You know, BJ's push-up habit. Yeah. Get out of bed. Right. So BJ Fogg, what started this whole thing was his push-up habit that he started (laughs) and he started, he started doing push-ups after every time he peed. (laughs) That was, that's the thing he did a lot. That's a good point, Eric. I do do that first. (laughs) So, Find how old find is the, this man? <laughs> <laughs> he, he's like fifty-five, I think. So he's doing a lot of push-ups in the middle of the night. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. So find the thing, the, the the last thing that you do before you get the coffee, and anchor the stretching to that because that's what's going to breed the consistency. And then. Gabby says, before I lay down on my bed, I will say out loud three things I'm thankful for, for that day, and then close my eyes for a few seconds and breathe in. Perfect. So Gabby has a before I uh, anchor moment. But what I like about this one in particular is <laughs> you're, I'm picturing you doing this, Gabby, standing right next to your bed, right? It's like you're in the bed zone. So there's pretty tight consistency there and in what you do. Okay, Meredith, thank you. Hi. I get boy at baseball. Yep. Do it. <laughs> Sorry. I went a little over. Um, so and yeah. With, I, with that one, I started with 10 and, and to your point for the last 40 minutes, it was too much for me to, yeah. to, to find 10 and, and think about 10. And so I was like, okay, what if I just pick three and yeah. it's been tinier mm-hmm. and it's, I'm not doing it consistently because it's not a habit yet, but it's so, better than the yeah. Three. And and if three doesn't work, make it one. Mm-hmm. Because you can definitely do that. Mm-hmm. And once one becomes a habit, adding to that habit is way easier right. than trying to establish a habit of doing ten. Mm-hmm. That's the magic in this in this simple, not rocket science formula, right? That's yeah. the magic. All right, Finky says, after I lie down to go to bed, very specific anchor moment, right? He's just laid down, pulled the covers up, he's in bed. I won't look at my email or my phone. So he's got an antithesis behavior here. I kind of love this. And I will celebrate with a thankful moment for my day. Love it. So Finky, if this doesn't work, you can swap out the I won't look for emails to... I'll, I will be thankful. I will say one thing that I'm thankful for for the day, right? And then celebrate by smiling or whatever. Because, because negative habits are hard to build, right? So saying after I do a thing, I won't do something, a little bit harder than saying after I, after I do something, I'll do something. Do you know what I mean? Makes sense, yeah, for sure. And if you, if, you, if you end up having to swap it, I mean, this may work for you because that's how life works. But if it, if it doesn't, <laughs> swap it with the, the thankfulness, the grateful piece, and then celebrating in some, in some way. Because chances are, 
once you're in that space, your propensity to pick up your phone is going to be way lower. Sure. Right? Because you don't want to pick up your phone and see any negative shit after you've got yourself in a good spot before you want to go to bed. <laughs> that would never happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Guys, thank you. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, when, I, when I close out this, this workshop, I, I, I did this slide um, because I miss restaurants. <laughs> and when you say check, please, you're signaling the end of the meal. And, and this is signaling the end of our time together today. So just a couple of things to think about as, as you head back out. Um, behavior change is a skill. We don't often think about it like being a skill, but it is. It's like getting better at free throws or your golf swing or whatever, learning an instrument. You have to practice. And you got to be, be easy on yourself because here's what I can promise you. You're not going to do it right all the time. And that's okay. The cool thing about tiny habits is it's an iterative process. You're supposed to play with it right? You make your behaviors tinier. You make your anchor moments more specific. You find the thing that works for you. You settle into that. If it's not working, try those things. Just put on your shoes. For long-term change, simplicity beats motivation all day, every day. You can't motivate yourself to do something that's too hard or you don't want to do. You can make it easier and feel successful because we change better when we feel better. That's the thing that BJ says that I love. The Maui habit sets you up for a better day when your feet hit the floor in the morning. Just try it. Today's going to be a great day. And look, I know some days suck and some days we know we've got too much thing, too, too many things to do on our calendar and we get up and we go. <laughs> and so it was funny because I actually asked BJ about that. I said, so what do you do on a day that you know is going to suck? He said, I still do the Maui habit. I get up, I put my feet on the floor, and I say, today's going to be a great day. Somehow. And I thought, wow, that's awesome. And then remember, tiny habits, super easy. ABC, anchor moment, tiny behavior, celebration. Easy to do. Awesome. <laughs> Laurel just chatted in. It might be Michael Jordan who said, don't do it until you always do it right. Do it until you can't do it wrong. Ooh, I like that. I like that. That's pretty awesome. All right, guys, got some quick funny stuff for you, and then I'm going to send you on your way because I was so busy jacking around with the voiceover video <laughs> that I did this at the very last minute. So funny thing, number one, knowing there's a banana in my desk drawer at work, which has been there since a week before the <laughs> lockdown, is making me feel anxious. <laughs> That's hilarious. If my kids ever tell me they're bored, I'm going to hit them back with, back in 2020. <laughs> Funny thing, number three, this is the first year I'm not going to Fiji because of COVID-19. Normally, I don't go because I'm poor. Yes. <laughs> if my life is going to continually be this much of a disaster, I'm going to need the rock to make an appearance at some point. <laughs> And my favorite funny thing today, I was going to run an 8K this morning, but I ended up baking muffins and making bagels and drinking. And we all know I've made the correct decision. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I ran myself so close to the wire today. Today's semi-quarantine cocktail is the boozer. It's generic booze. 
(laughs) (laughs) That's such a bad sign. (laughs) When you're drinking generic booze, yeah, your trash can, your trash man's going to leave a note for you on the (laughs) receipt. A pamphlet from AA. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Guys, thank you so much for hanging out with me and allowing me to share that with you. I I was super excited about it. Love you guys. If anybody has questions, if anybody it's has nice questions, to or, know it's nice yeah. to know that you move this to an hour and you still can't fit it in the time frame. <laughs> yeah. That's me. Welcome to my world, Laurel. I'll, I'll hang nice around job, for a couple friends. of minutes. Thanks, buddy. I'll hang around thanks, for buddy. a couple of minutes if anybody has questions or anything. So, Thank thanks, guys. You. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you had a good time and learned a thing or two at today's happy hour, please share it with your friends. If you want to join our tribe, head on over to skyteam.cloud forward slash TCB or email us at info at skyteam.com. That's S-K-Y-E team.com. Thanks again. And remember, you've always got friends at the Corporate Bartender.